Chips. Hey. Hey, buddy. That was a that was a warm open. We got cold opens. We're coming straight heavy, dude. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Church on the Drugs. My name is Jed. That is Tyler Axman Wicks. That song's called Anti Nazi. <laughs> uh let's just get this out of the way. Let's start with this. Uh Jeffrey Epstein was murdered. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Good. One hundred percent. I am super I've never been more proud of the nation I live in and the world at large than when everybody is in complete agreement that that is complete bullshit. Well, okay, yes, but there's still a line that separates. Republicans believe that the Clintons killed him, and Democrats believe that Trump killed him. I so there's still a line. I've, I, that's the first I've, I haven't really been, granted, I haven't really been looking too much, but I haven't heard that Trump killed him. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because, like, like there, was, there already had that video released where he was at Trump's party, so he probably had some shit on Trump. He did, and he's doing the awkward like white man dance where it's just like <laughs> grooving. Hey, I'm rich and at a party. Look at that. Yeah, girl. like his, he's <laughs> bobbing his head hot. back and forth. He's yeah. such the typical d bag dude. Just yes. like <laughs> look yes. at that one, bro. <laughs> oh, Chad, she's hot, man. <laughs> you want to order you, some wives off the internet later? Yeah, I found this one named like Ivanka. Him. Yeah, that's, I think you're. I think you're related to him. That's my young. You Trump. sound too much like. <laughs> that's young Trump. Like his his whole like his new voice didn't evolve until later. But like early on, he was just like, oh, oh, "You're fired." Oh yeah. No. Middle, 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 middle. And he had a guitar. He, he dragged her out. He seriously looked like the biggest like, just classic yep. d bag man. Just cringe like this. Yeah, just yeah, cringe level. Wanted to throw third. up when I watched that video. Ugh, it's gross. But yeah, dude, so that dude got murdered straight up. Mm-hmm. For there sure. There is the only the only the new so the actual conspiracy theory now is that uh he's alive and that's how they got him out. Really? Yep. Okay. That he's in area, area 51 so we'll just find out whenever we all get there. Exactly, bro. That's where <laughs> <laughs> yeah what else what else? yeah they they fake his death to smuggle him out and he thinks he's saved area 51 then we all get there and he's like fuck damn it he's like oh, uh, i can't possibly have had sex with underage girls because i'm an alien son that's his new i ain't even got no penis man i am straight extraterrestrial extra extraterrestrial <laughs> <laughs> no, that that's going to be his defense. He's like, uh, the U.S. laws don't apply to extraterrestrials, son. So good yeah. luck convicting me. Right. <laughs> I've been an alien since before ET. Yeah, dude. ET was my autobiography. <laughs> <laughs> Did you uh, see that? I saw a. Uh, it was like a Watch Mojo or something. It was horror sequels that never happened, and they were going to make a sequel to ET that was going to be a horror movie. Oh, dude, that'd be dope. That would have been amazing. Yeah. And then, like, some of the ideas that were going to happen in E.T., which was called, like, I can't remember what it was called. It was a really cool title. That ended up being Poltergeist. 
So could you imagine if Poltergeist was the sequel to E.T.? Interesting. Interesting. That's insane. I can. Um, So you guys are in for a treat, the congregation at large, because next week we're going to have a live episode. I am meeting Tyler and Heath in real life. I've already met Tyler. never met Heath. Yeah. Okay. We're going to do some live episodes. We're going to do some videos. Casey Uh, Brown will be along. You guys don't know him, but he'll be here. You will. You will. Yeah. He'll make his podcast debut. Straight edge. And uh, my girlfriend will be here. So she'll be hanging out. What's your she'll girlfriend's be... name? You ready to make that public? We already have. Not on here? Yeah, we have. On the bonus? No, on the main. Oh. Because remember you announced her and I said, yeah, that's my girlfriend. Oh, you yeah, said, call, yeah, her, yeah, yeah. call her Samantha Davis Johnson. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Well, <laughs> Samantha Davis will be there also. So it's going to be... It is going to be a big uh, pod family reunion. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a good time. So I need everyone to pray that nothing happens with my flights and they're not delayed. Yes. Do you have that anxiety like like I do? Like when there's something you're planning, like something is going to go horribly wrong and everything's going to be ruined. Yeah. What if I die on the flight over? (laughs) (laughs) It would be awful. I mean, would it though? Yes, I mean not for you. Would you? Yeah, exactly. it would be for us. I'd be, I'd be singing glory to the gates, <laughs> yeah. the pearly gates. I'd be in my white robe, looking down at you, poor suckers. According to some people, like the only thing you're going to be able to say anymore would be holy, holy, holy. Like that, according to some, does that not sound like hell? <laughs> it's like you're trying to say, like, please get me out of here, and it just comes out, holy, holy. <laughs> Holy, holy, holy. Oh, holy, holy. Holy, no, holy. Holy. It's like that. And uh, if, that if that is true, now we're both going to hell. Absolutely. That is- That's- <laughs> no, it's like that. You remember uh, Dexter's lab when he could only say omelette du, yeah. omelet du fromage. Omelette du fromage. Omelette du fromage. Yeah, that's exactly what we're talking about. So, yeah. shoot. Maybe we'll be doormen at hell now. <laughs> and they're like, what are you in for? <laughs> like, oh, we kind of mocked the holy, holy, holy thing. Yeah. It didn't go over well. Please, <laughs> um, so I want to, uh, you know, anything else before I move to this interview? Uh, no. Other? Oh, wait. Yeah, I do. Sorry. I got a Patreon announcement. Um, and I believe we're we're getting generational here. I think this is... This is a family member of, of Josh Foggy, I'm imagining, but uh, Rovell Foggy? Rovell? Rovell? Would you pronounce it Rovell? R-O-V-E-L-L? Yeah, I would say Rovell. Rovell. It's a pretty it, badass name. I would rather mispronounce it and it sound fancier than mispronounce it and it Rovell. not. Yeah. Rovell. Like if it actually Foggy. is Rovell, you don't want to pronounce it like Rovell. Yeah. Just uh, some dude named Rovell. <laughs> so Rovell, Rovell, Rovell. <laughs> Rovell Foggy, thank you so much for your Patreonatage. Uh enjoy the bonus episodes and uh yeah man, appreciate it. <coughs> um I think that's it. Okay. All the house cleaning. Uh this uh, the interview is with if y'all remember uh way back when me and John did a live podcast from Seabrook Men's Retreat. Uh this is a guy a, I met out there. He's really cool. His name is Ryan, um, and he is going to tell his story. There's a some, there's a few um, technical difficulties, some connection issues. I'm going to need you to just suck it up, be an adult, and realize that nothing's perfect. 
and uh, you'll live. It's just a, just a couple times. Just chill out, dude. I don't want to get no emails about like, oh, it didn't sound good. Like, deal with it. Shit. <laughs> oh, yeah, and check out our merch store, storefrontier.com backslash church and other drugs. If you want to be a patron and hear all the sweet bonus content, patreon.com slash church and other drugs. And email me, church and other drugs at gmail.com. Tyler, play us out. Georgia. God's country, Augusta, Georgia. That's right. Well, now that would be Tennessee. Do you, you know where, um, I don't remember if I asked you this already, but do you know where uh, Sector 7G, that was an old venue? Yes. Do you, do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Yep. Wait. It is now actually ran by one of my sponsees and it's called Epicenter. Epicenter. Is it still like a music venue? Yes. Yeah, and all it's the only all ages music venue in Augusta. That was like the only like that's as far as we went as far as touring goes. When I was in uh, a metalcore band in high school, we would go to Augusta. Nice. Yeah, yeah. How old are you? Uh, thirty five. Okay, so we're around the same age. Yeah. Um, how long you lived in Augusta? Since I was eleven, we moved here. My dad's job got cut in Tennessee and we moved down here uh so that he could keep all his comp and leave time. He worked for the army. So oh. we went from the base in Tennessee to the base down here. Where um so what part of Tennessee? Uh Clarksville. Up uh North Tennessee, Fort Campbell. Okay. I have no idea where that is, but I can pretend. <laughs> you know where the notch is in Tennessee? The notch? The notch at the top of Tennessee. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's right <laughs> in that little notch. Nice. <laughs> I'm actually um, going to Tennessee next week. I'm going to Nashville and Lafayette. Oh, awesome. My yeah. aunt lives in Lafayette, and I was born in Nashville. Oh, nice. And it's funny, because I live in Lafayette, Louisiana, and it's spelled the same, but in Tennessee, apparently they call it Lafayette. Lafayette, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, my wife is from New Orleans, and whenever I say Lafayette, she hits me. <laughs> I did not know she's from New Orleans. That's awesome. <laughs> so so I, I met Ryan at a men's, so y'all know John, so John invited me. We actually did a live podcast from the uh, 
God, what was it called? The Seaside Men's Retreat? Seabrook. Seabrook Men's Retreat. Um, That's where I met Ryan, and uh, we kind of stayed in contact after them. So I thought I'd bring him on to tell his story. Um, He's real nervous, so we're going to be real nice to him. Uh, And now he's even more (laughs) nervous because I called out his nervousness, and that's just what I do. Um. So yeah, man. Let's just start at the beginning. So, what was like early childhood like for you? Wait, I'm sorry, you broke up. Oh, I said, what was early childhood like for you? It was good. It was um, church every time the doors were open. Uh, and to steal Mark Lowry's joke, uh, you know, when the preacher was washing the windows, we filled our pews and watched him do it kind of <laughs> going family what what kind of uh denomination you went to uh nazarene what it's, is that i haven't even heard of that it's my dad knows all about it um it's basically like baptist but stricter so did y'all but, all, did y'all all have to be carpenters by trade not, no. is that the rule <laughs> Oh, I have. I lie. I have heard of... But there was no roller skating. No roller skating? That was a rule? No roller skating. Where did that come from? (laughs) That's so random. So what did you believe about all that stuff when you were a kid? There's a manual. Hold on, we're still breaking up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a little little choppy. Uh... No, so what did you believe about? Like, what what did you uh, did you believe when you were a kid? What did you buy into, or how did you feel about all that? Well, I found out actually through the rooms of AA that I was treating God like the Santa Claus God. Like God, if I do right, if if I do right, then God will bless me. If I do wrong, then God will curse me and shoot. Me lightning bolts and oh oop yeah i kind of lost you for a second too hold on a second (laughs) all right sorry we had to fix the connection there but we're good now uh i don't even remember what i asked you um oh yeah what did you believe about all that oh yeah the santa claus god yes lightning bolts right so right that that i figured out in the rooms of AA. So when that, did uh, you grew up with both your parents, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. They still together. They are nice. That's so, rare these days. Like forty, almost fifty years. God, yeah, that's just like my parents. They just did. I think they just had their forty-first. So really, yeah. Do you have any siblings? I do. I have one sister. Older, or younger. She's older. How much older? three years oh dude same here all right (laughs) yeah so you grew up in this no roller skating super strict santa claus god upbringing so how then did you move into doing drugs um i always had the feeling that i didn't quite fit in and then when we moved from uh, Tennessee to Georgia, in, right in the middle of my fifth grade year, um, 
I started getting bullied a lot because, you know, I was the new kid <clears throat> moving in. And that's when I found, I started getting into uh, punk rock yep. at that time. And I don't know, it all seemed kind of glamorous, almost like, uh, I'm a mixture of punk and country, which I know is an odd mixture, but I love the, you know, drinking a glass of whiskey and, you know, just being cool with were you, <laughs> whiskey and beer and cigarettes. Were you into like outlaw country? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Who? Yeah. So who are your favorite? Like, and this, that's funny. That's exactly my story too. Cause I was like super straight laced, no problems. And then I moved between my fifth and sixth grade year. And when I, from, uh, Greenville to Columbia, South Carolina, and that's when I didn't fit in, started getting bullied and all that shit happened. Um, mm -hmm. so what kind of music were you into? Like what bands? Uh, well, from rancid to, and there, there were a lot of good, uh, Christian punk rock bands. And when I was, getting into them uh because that's all if, if i put christian in front of the punk rock band then my parents would let me yep <laughs> <laughs> so like the dingy Yogi hook value MXPX. packs mxpx yes yep uh and then you know all the way to rancid dead kennedy's and agent orange i love some agent orange um and even ska i love ska the specials mustard plug uh, I, can't, I don't know, a whole range. <laughs> that's what my wife was a ska kid. I couldn't, I never got into it. Never got into it. What, so when was your, what was the first thing you used or drank? It was uh, a Coors, like the old school Coors in the, uh, in the yellow can that my buddy got from his dad. And it was gross. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, and then my sister's boyfriend, uh, about a few months later, on the way home from church, my sophomore year of high school on Easter Sunday, uh, smoked pot with me for the first time. Damn. So what and was that like? Because you remember that extremely well. Yeah, well, I remember because it, it was Easter Sunday on the way home from church. <laughs> Talk about a resurrection, <laughs> dude. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> um, I remember laughing a lot too because he put on Baby Got Back and had a <laughs> <laughs> And all I could do was giggle. That's yeah. All I could do, and then I went home and ate some food and went to bed. <laughs> so, was there any like? initial guilt from that no no not really i wanted to do it again how did you so that's interesting so how did you did you grow up feeling any kind of like religious guilt or anything i grew up feeling more fear okay than guilt. you know afraid of bad things and going to hell yeah so when you smoked there was none of that no, no, I, I don't know where the disconnect came, uh, but no, I really can't say that there was any guilt or fear in that. Dang, you're lucky on that aspect. I guess, <laughs> I guess, 
Yeah, I, thinking back, I guess I really, it wasn't until like I got caught that I started feeling the guilt because at first, especially getting into, you know, punk and that whole rebellious thing, it's just exciting, it's fun, there's not much bad with it unle- until like the authority figures catch you and tell you that it's bad, you know? Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. So wh- where did it go from there? Uh... I remember sneaking out and the first time I actually got drunk, drunk, uh, I, we slammed like two forties a piece, uh, at my friend's back window. Like I would, I would go to his window, knock on his window and we'd hang out and his sister's boyfriend got us beer, uh, forties of Budweiser oh. and slam those things. And, I started throwing up, and in between heaves, I looked up at him and said, I want to feel like this the rest of my life. Nice. <laughs> nice. And I tried. Did Do you have any addicts or alcoholics in your family? My I have some uncles on my dad's side, and not on my mom's side, but my one of my mom's brothers – or I guess my mom's only brother, who I actually never met, had a lot of the same behavioral problems, except minus the drugs and alcohol. Right. So it's like uh, if, if he would have picked up, it would have happened, but he just never did for whatever reason? Right, right. Yeah. So what... Uh, what... Go, oh, ahead. go ahead. No, you go ahead. <laughs> uh, I don't know, go ahead. no you go no you go so were you so was it hidden i'm guessing it was hidden from your parents at this point i'm assuming i'm assuming they wouldn't approve of this yes yeah it was very very taboo because they're the we don't smoke we don't true we don't chew we don't go with the girls that do yeah (laughs) I haven't like, heard that in forever, dude. That's <laughs> hilarious. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your typical teetotaling. Oh, and they're both Christian educators. They what both. A... Go ahead. Define that. Okay. Well, my mom, she wrote uh, children's Sunday school curriculum, uh-huh. uh, freelance, all while me and my sister were growing up uh, so that she could be home with us oh. all the time. <laughs> so is there a uh, chance that your mom taught my Sunday school by proxy? <laughs> like there's a possibility if they used uh Cokesbury uh out of Nashville, then yeah, probably. That's hilarious. <laughs> she man. might have wrote the curriculum. That's hilarious. The <laughs> the felt board and everything. Yep, yep. Yep. <laughs> that is it's do you ever look back and I mean from your adult life? Do you ever look back and you're like, was I kind of raised in a cult-like environment? Oh, yeah, definitely. Over, overbearing and... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's because it, the commonalities are hilarious. It's like I can say felt board Sunday school with... I'm trying to remember what was the standard Sunday school snack. Like vanilla wafers, animal mm-hmm. crackers, uh, animal. juice. Did you ever sing mm-hmm. uh, I'm in the Lord's Army? 
Oh yeah. Yes, oh yeah. Dude. And I am a CH. I am a CH. I am yep. a CHR. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. That's so funny. So what, what like, all right, well, yeah, keep going with, so you started drinking forties, listening right. to baby. Oh, oh, and my dad's a, uh, or he was the director of religious education for the department of the army. Oh, uh, holy shit. At Fort Campbell. And then when his job got cut there, that's why we moved to Fort Gordon. Was, uh, it, was he a to Augusta. No, no, he was civil service. Okay. He was about as high, when he retired, he was the highest rank a civilian could get in the, being right. a civilian. Right, right, yeah. right. Okay, so you got that going on. So, yeah, so continue on with the, with the, the drinking and drugging career. Right. Uh, so, at, let's 17 i i say i moved out my parents still say that i ran away (laughs) uh and that's when i really found well tell me how that went why would they say you ran away like what was the conversation there really wasn't a conversation i pretty much walked out of the house and got in my buddy's car and left well there we go (laughs) had they started to note it like was the jig up by then pretty much um Smoking cigarettes was a was a thing for me during those days. Mm-hmm. Part of the rebellious thing, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like they had caught me smoking a few times, and I was like grounded for six months or something like that. And I was just tired of it. wanted to wanted yep. to go. I hadn't got caught drinking or doing any actual drugs yet. Uh, just mainly the cigarettes, but that was still. You know, overbearing, oppressive, uh, you know, fuck them. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I'm out of here, mom. Yeah. yeah. Uh, All right. So, so you, then, you hopped in your car, cranked yeah, on well, the my rancid, and hit the road. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and that's when, like, I did Ecstasy for the first time uh, in Atlanta, which was awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That was back in the day, too. Back in the rave heyday. Right. Actually, that's what we went to a rave, uh, which was an awkward sight for, you know, a kid with a mohawk and band patches all over his vest hanging out at a rave. And being 17, it was 18 and up uh, show at the, uh, was it a tabernacle? Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. And I was the only one that was 17. And I ended up rolling and tripping at the same time on the street because all my friends went in. <laughs> like, they slowly went in. Like One had to go in. A girl that we were with had to go in and find a friend. And then one of our other friends had to go find her. Yeah. And then my best friend had to go find her. And I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I'll just chill here. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, it was pretty fun experience. Uh, and that was, you know, smoking, smoking pot pretty much all the time. And, uh, I'm trying to think, how did that end? Wow. That's so long ago. I forget. Oh, that's right. I got caught shoplifting at Walmart. 
Nice. Because we were stealing CDs and selling them to uh, the CD warehouse so that we could get people. Dopamine. Yeah, that that is something people, <laughs> kids these days, don't understand how lucrative a scam that was back then, dude. You got oh, straight yeah. up like 15 bucks cash a CD, and then it mm-hmm. became DVDs, and you got like 20 bucks. That used right. to be – we had a friend – have you ever been to Columbia, South Carolina? Uh, yeah. You ever been to Manifest? Do you remember that record oh, store? Yeah. yeah. So we had a buddy that worked there, and so we would just – we wouldn't even bother. Like, normally we'd unwrap them, you know? We we would just literally just bring in re- shrink-wrapped price tags <laughs> still on them, just stacks. And he would just – yeah, that was the – that was – that was a glorious time. That, that literally funded our our high school and early twenties drug use. Yep, yep. <laughs> so, you, so you got caught shoplifting at Walmart, and then what happened? Uh, they bailed me out of jail and uh, told me that was the last time that they would ever bail me out, and mm-hmm. it was. They they never did bail me out again. Uh, so they. Relented on the cigarette smoking. Oh, and I bought, I did have a job. I worked at a water park in town called Crystal River Water Park. Uh, you'd have to be from Augusta to know that one. But <laughs> uh, uh, so I ended up buying my buddy's Thunderbird. It was a 1984 Thunderbird that didn't go in reverse. The <laughs> reverse was busted. Uh, nice. So, you know, I got to keep my car and, they relented on like they knew I smoked and they thought that would smooth things over. And I'd come back and finish out my senior year and everything would be hunky dory. Yeah, I guess. Uh, so then shortly after my senior year, I actually moved out and moved in with my best friend in downtown Augusta. And that's when the party really started. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we did a lot, a lot of hallucinogens. Uh, hallucinogens and drinking were the main things at first. Uh, Mushrooms, and then we acid, kind of, what kind? Yes, both. Yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and this was around the time that the... I want to say it was AMT and the research chemicals. Yeah, just started popping up. Right, yeah, just barely started hitting the scene. Uh, and we had a hookup in Atlanta. So we were making a pretty good, you know, side lick by bringing it back and forth. Yeah. God, AMT, that's a drug <laughs> I haven't heard in a dog's <laughs> age, man. Yeah, that is, uh, that is, yep, good times. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what was and I'm interested to know so what was uh did how did hallucinogen use like back then if you're doing it heavy what was going on spiritually with you what kind of uh, stuff were you getting into I wasn't I was I still called myself a Christian but I think that was out of habit because mm. I didn't have any kind of prayer life or meditation or ever really thought about it except when I was in trouble and God, get me out of this. 
Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. You know, foxhole prayers. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Get me out of this and I'll quit. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that never worked. No. Well, it seemed like it did. And it was every time I did it, it's, I, I always had the thought that I had this, this like bank of get out of jail free cards with God. And like every time <laughs> I'm like, it was like this this bank that I couldn't see. I couldn't access the bank account, so I didn't see how close I was to overdrawing. But every time I swore, I was like, "I bet I'm out, dude. I think this is because uh, <laughs> it it did seem like. I mean, I didn't. It seemed like I. No, it didn't seem like I did. I literally got out of like every encounter with cops every near death it's like i kept on just getting away with it until i was like 25 26 and so it really that would just mm. like totally embolden my sense of like invincibility and like i'm good nothing will ever happen to me like i just keep that was my nickname is greasy because i kept on just getting out of things <laughs> so <laughs> yeah and i can i can definitely relate to that at this at the same time period uh in a blackout i was already blacking out and this was at 18 um i was blacked out and a girl brought a bunch of pills she said were uh barbiturates but they were not it was amitriptyline and something else but i was in a blackout and yo you have pills and they're barbiturates sure yeah absolutely throw them on back Oh, yeah, you only record video. I don't know why I'm acting it out. Yeah. Let the record show <laughs> that he made a motion of throwing pills back into his mouth. There you go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and I ended up putting myself in a coma for three days. Ah. Yeah. So yeah. that, I, I have also been, man, it's, it's so funny when stories parallel like crazy. I had a four-day coma. So what was your coma experience like? Do you remember anything about it? No, I remember waking up in the ICU and alarm started going off and they yep. came and started pulling tubes out of me. Yep. <laughs> did you get did you get pneumonia? I did. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's it's like if you get if you have to be um what's the official word for it? But whatever, if you have to like, intub- intubated. If you have to intubated. get a breathing tube put in, it's like you will get pneumonia. It's the weirdest mm-hmm. shit. Yeah. And they gave me Nexium, and I'd never had heartburn before, and now I get heartburn. <laughs> oh, permanently from it? Damn. Yeah, yeah. Damn. So, I yeah, don't know that... if that's all the other, you know, damage that I've done to my body as well. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, yeah, from speaking with uh, some nurse friends, they're not very gentle when they're ramming a tube down your throat. Like, when, <laughs> when they're trying to save your life, they're not so much concerned with, uh, yeah, I'm my, the, the, Worst thing I remember was uh, in my coma, the initial nurse that put the um, IV in my right arm had done it completely wrong. And so for four days, this giant needle had just been in completely crooked and wrong. And so the first thing when I woke up was like, oh, what the fuck? Just screaming (laughs) in my, oh, there's, yeah, it was awful. Awful, awful, awful. So where'd you go from there? Uh... There was, I just thought about it. Now it's completely gone out of my mind. Oh, I threw up my stomach lining shortly after that. Um, 
I don't know if it had anything to do with the life support. Or it may have been before that. I'm not sure. That whole period is kind of blurry. Yeah. My my, my 20s are kind of blurry. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Who needs stomach lining anyway, dude? What's it done for me lately? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Actually, (laughs) I told my friend that when they said, well, you can't drink for three days. I was like, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And he looked at and that doesn't work like that. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of thing doesn't work like that. So I decided it would be a good idea to bong, you know, beer bong, uh, whiskey. And oh, good God. Yeah, that it, that's not a good idea. The heartburn's making sense now. <laughs> yeah. It actually makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> so, th- so there was no, so there was no, at that point, there was no like, oh, damn, yeah, that was a close call. I guess I should slow down. Oh, no, not at all. In fact, the when they took me out of the hospital, or even in the hospital, uh, my buddy brought a joint. And while my dad was in the bathroom, I snuck out, ran downstairs, and smoked a joint and a cigarette with my best friend. And, well, my, you know, best friend. Yeah, running buddy. Open quotation marks, close quotation marks. Yeah. Um, And came back up and... Of course, my dad was thoroughly pissed. Oh, I bet. Uh, and then had him drop me back at that same house, which by then, you know, they they had done their research and found out that it was basically a crack house. <laughs> uh, Without the crack. We, we weren't actually smoking crack, but, you know. Yeah, mine as well. They found out that if, they, if there was somebody who wanted either oh and meth was had worked its way in there too Mm. uh around that time so they talked to other people and found out that if you wanted anything from uh meth to hallucinogens then our house was the place to go Mm. so he must have thought he was to hang out and do them (laughs) yeah he must have just thought he was dropping you his son off to his doom again huh Oh yeah. Oh, for sure. Oof. Yeah. So, <laughs> so what, how did it go from there? Uh, well, pretty much kept on doing the hallucinogens, the meth, and the main thing for the meth at that point was that we figured out that if you stay up long enough, you trip. Yes, yes, you do. <laughs> it's not enjoyable. I guess it is kind of enjoyable, but. Yeah. yeah so sleep deprivation's a hell of a drug yes yes yeah sometimes yeah. fun sometimes not so much yeah day three <laughs> day three is fun and past that things get real weird that's that's what pe- i think that's like the biggest misconception of people of what of, of what people think of what meth does to people is like oh you know the the typical meth head like 85 percent of the crazy ass behavior is is all it is is straight up sleep deprivation oh yeah yeah like that is insanity the shadow people and the hallucinations then the paranoia Mm-hmm. oh god yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so but after that we ended up moving from downtown to the uptownish area uh i guess you could call it mm-hmm. um and just continued partying uh by that time my best friend had moved back in with his mom because he was broke and i was living with uh the guy who was our meth dealer 
and another meth dealer kept on squatting there every now and again. <laughs> so, uh, and I mean, it continued on like that until I got my first DUI. Um, I'd gotten a job roofing houses uh, and, or doing tear-offs. I wasn't just roofing, we were doing tear-offs. Um, and got a DUI on my boss's truck. Oof. Uh, <laughs> and ended up losing my license and moving back in with my parents. Um, and around this time, I found... Actually, I'm not really too sure when I found cocaine, but cocaine became more of the thing because moving back in with my parents, I had to be able to pass a drug test, so mm -hmm. I couldn't smoke weed. Yeah. So all I do was drink and very carefully do blow and meth. Yeah. But meth meth was too obvious because it made me crazy. Yeah. And I couldn't st I couldn't use it the way I wanted it to and stay up for four days living at my parents' house. No. no. <laughs> God, there, there's probably nothing worse than being high on any kind of, like, speed, trying to hide it from your parents while you live there. That's probably the worst, like, yeah. oh, God, it's yeah. miserable. It's miserable. Yeah, so the blow I could stay up, you know, kind of, kind of late, and then, you know, come down, and after I quit doing it, come down in about an hour and be good to go. Yeah. Were, did they, like, know you were drinking? Were they, like, just kind of accepting of that at that point? They were not. I think they were in denial. Mm. Uh, the My long-term girlfriend at the time, she was just as bad as a drinker as I was. And so we'd meet up downtown. And I was, you know, pretty – we were attached at the hip, basically, mm -hmm. uh, except for not living together. Um and, uh, yeah, we'd meet up downtown and get hammered. And then I'd come back and, you know, hide it. I, I hit it fairly well. When yeah. I, was, I think that was more of a curse than anything else. Cause I could walk in and be like, Hey, how's it going? And not really, you know, show many signs of it. Yeah. Like I had to cover for my sister one time. She was, she was hammered and throwing up. We went to see, uh, who was it? Jim blossoms and seven Mary three. Oh, nice. <laughs> and <clears throat> she got sick from drinking and was throwing up in a, in a cup in my lap. And I distracted my parents. I was drunk too. Cause I was working at, this is when I was working at Crystal River Water Park and one of the lifeguards was also a GI and he was working the concession stand and giving us free beer. So, uh, we, we both got hammered and I had to, I had to distract the folks while she ran off to bed and yeah. got cleaned up. Yeah. Uh, so, but that was, that was some backtracking. Uh, by this point, my sister's up off at college and, uh, I'm pretty much chugging along 
doing my thing. My me and my long term girlfriend end up breaking up, uh, and from there, it was a lot of cocaine, a lot of liquor. There was a liquor store at the front of my neighborhood, uh, or my parents' neighborhood, really. Um, they lived in a ritzy neighborhood out in you know suburbs, mm-hmm. you know. So, <clears throat> uh, I could just walk up to the liquor store and, you know, yeah. grab, grab a half pint. You know, I, I try, I didn't do a whole lot more than a pint or a half pint at the time. Cause I couldn't get, you know, it's hard to hide a half gallon under your shirt. Yes, <laughs> it is. So, so what kind yeah. of, kind of going toward the, like what kind of finally happened that, made you get sober uh well i got um there was let's see um hold on a second my wife is about to come in can you pause it Uh uh-huh and we're back and we're back um so what finally kind of happened yeah um, well, I met my, I was about to call her my current girlfriend, my wife. Ooh, yes. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't make that mistake. You met as she's, as she's walking by your bride. Um, yes, yes. Um, and it was through a mutual friend. Um, and you know, we continued to drink together smoke a lot of, a lot, a lot of weed. (laughs) Um, and then I wrecked her car the first time (laughs) (laughs) and it was on the way back from getting some weed. Um, and I was drunk cause I was drunk all the time, 24 seven, like blackout drinker every single day. Uh, like shortly after, I broke up with the long-term girlfriend and we were still doing the hallucinogens. And this is when the, uh, research chemicals were in full swing. Uh, and I went to work and I was wondering why I was feeling funny. And my friend told me the next, when I got home from work that night that I had dosed in a blackout and (laughs) didn't know it. Yeah. Nice. And that's not, that's, that was the first time I dosed in a blackout and I dosed in a blackout again and came to in a bush in a different (laughs) state. Oh my God. Tripping balls. And the only thing I was wearing was some, uh, cut off Jinkos. Oh, classic, (laughs) classic, classic. Yeah. Yeah. So, but continuing blackout, continuing to rack up the DUIs for lifetime, two in one year. Uh, after I got the second one that year, also in my wife's car, um, they mandated me to uh, uh, the Bridges of Hope in Louisville, Georgia. And I'm changing rooms right quick. Uh, I'm sorry if the connection gets poor, but they were getting kind of loud. Oh, you're good. Uh, but, uh, 
I got mandated to the Bridges of Hope, and they called it AA Boot Camp. <laughs> you know, pretty much what it was. Uh, you know, the basic basic training for AA. Um, yeah. A lot of structure, a lot of, uh, like, you know, had to be able to, um, you know, whatever crew for that day had to go do that. Uh, and then big book study after big book study after big book study, um, and did that for six months. And then I get out, I got my probation papers and there was nothing about drug tests in it. So I can smoke weed. <laughs> <laughs> so I went along on the marijuana maintenance program and, you know, convincing myself cause a good alcoholic can convince themselves of anything. Right. Right. So, uh, the marijuana just helped me helped with my spiritual connection. Like, an Indian on a spirit quest. Yeah. I was using, I was using the weed as a tool. Uh, even though, do you think it actually it, helped? I, I did have some good meditation times, <laughs> but I was still very resentful and very selfish. Uh, during that time, were you like going to meetings? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So okay. you were like going to meetings. You're like, I'm not drinking alcohol, but I'm right. Okay. Okay. And that was that was my only problem. The alcohol was really my only problem. <laughs> right. You know, the the lies we tell ourselves. Yes. Um. So, and, but I also think that the still smoking uh, contributed to, well, I know that was a relapse, but contributed to my relapse that sent me down the next time. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, life was, you know, pretty good. I had a good job. I was employable. Um, you know, my, I started getting things back. Mm -hmm. Like you know, my family, my parents trusted me, even though they didn't know I was smoking weed. <laughs> uh, so it was pretty much like, like they say, the mar the marijuana maintenance program. Yeah, you know, which went, went along fine for a little bit, and then I went to change out a water heater for a friend, and she pulled out. They called it a shabong, and it was a meth pipe with water in it. It looked like a regular weed bong, but it had a a PD on the end of it. <laughs> yeah it was weirdest thing uh, i've never seen one before and i've never seen one since uh, so of course i had to try it of course yeah, yeah i mean <laughs> dude it's like a unicorn yeah yeah so uh and that i was i i convinced myself that i was doing okay i was using it as a tool too and actually something you said at seabrook uh at the uh at one of the meetings i forget if it, if it was in the group or where it was but you said something about doing questionable things with caffeine yeah 
<clears throat> and all before that, I was abusing the shit out of the uh, those energy shots. Yeah, like I would get I would get a case of the cheap ones from Kroger, you know the Kroger brand uh-huh. five hour energies and Monsters and Nos, which those are gross, but you know, like like you said, questionable things with caffeine. Yeah, <clears throat> and you're gonna. Now I'm eating my words because caffeine's my <laughs> baby, dude. So uh, I take back everything I said, dude. Caffeine's good to yeah, go. Yeah. Well, I still do. I I still kind of do questionable things with caffeine. I know. <laughs> Every now aware of it. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Self-awareness, although it does not keep us sober, it is a useful tool. It's a very useful tool. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I do, yeah, I don't nearly go as, yeah. Is hard. The, my my big thing was like taking pre workout before I went to work. You know, do it's like or just taking pre workout for no good reason at all. You know, it's just like, what are you doing? What are you doing? You know exactly what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but in going to this to do this water heater job, I kind of had it in the back of my head that there was going to be something there, anyways, because her old man was in prison for trafficking. Uh, so I kind of had a, an inkling, you know, and it was a half finish, you know, the kitchen had bare studs and it was a water heater that didn't actually work right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, kind of half work that we were putting in to fix the one that was leaking. So, you know, and she pulled that out. I was like, would you like some? Sure. Uh, and then, like I said, I uh, I thought I was doing okay because I was using it as, as you know, just like coffee. Mm-hmm. You know, I could make a quarter bag last almost a week. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, we were, I was getting the Vivance and the Adderall off of people because, oh, we were still selling weed at this point. Mm. I forgot to that. We were selling. So... The people were, one of the guys who bought from us would sell me his Vivance or trade or, you know, that kind of deal. Yeah. So it goes along and <clears throat> I find a a deal. Uh, I got my taxes back. And I was like, I could make some money if we bought a shit ton of meth and started selling it. Yeah, because you're not so doing it. All profit. Makes sense. <laughs> Right, yeah, yeah, because because I'm you know I'm maintaining with it. I'm just using it as Adderall because mm-hmm. I don't have a script for Adderall, yep. but I should, you know. Yeah, this all it all <laughs> so, checks out, dude. I, I'm I'm tracking with you, bro. It all checks out. <laughs> and and even at this point, um, I'm not relapsed because I haven't started drinking again yet. Yeah. Right. Because because drinking was my problem. Drink, drinking yep. was my. problem. All the other, everything else was just, you know, I, w- I would do it to trip and I would do it to facilitate more drinking, you know, at the bar, drunk, get some cocaine, get some meth, get some uh, Adderall, and that way I could go back to drinking. Yeah. But now I'm using it like coffee, so that's it's okay now, too. Yeah. Um, but, uh Where was I? 
uh, rationalizing. Um, you, you were about to buy a bunch of meth. You got your tax return. That's right. That's right. So um, we do that, and we find that my buddy is trying to rent out his house in Athens. And I was going to work on it. Instead of paying rent, I was working on it, which never seems to work out. No, no. Um, yeah. Um, and ended up doing more and more and more and more meth. <laughs> yeah. To the point where our only our only livelihood is amphetamines. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, we still still smoking pot. Always was a pothead through and through, all the way. And, um, you know, life was just awful. Mm. Um, I I don't know how to to describe it other than just awful yeah (laughs) um so what was the final now we're getting to where well about two two weeks before my wife and i got sober on the same day which is a whole nother story in itself Mm -hmm. but which i'm I'm gonna have his wife on here for the companion piece but keep going yeah the we were fighting at each other's throats all the time uh and our friend that got us together i've skipped this part um that she had already died long before we moved to athens she passed away from a heart uh not heart. what am i talking about from an overdose yeah uh she had heart problems and asthma problems uh she passed away from an overdose and by the end of our meth career in Athens, uh, the closest thing to a prayer that I could get out was a Facebook message to her. And it was, uh, uh, please, uh, please help us, Aunt Hey Hey, which that's what my daughter called. So you sent uh, a Facebook message yeah. to your, your dead friend? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that wow. was... I didn't realize it at the time, but that was the the closest thing to a prayer that I could get out because yeah. I was so wow. spiritually disconnected. Um, oh, oh, and somewhere along in there, I did relapse. Um, finally, because um, one of the you know sleep deprivation arguments that me and my wife were, or she was my girlfriend at the time, and one of the arguments um there was some smithix in the fridge and she poked a she started an argument and i had to go drink a smithix so that was that was that was my quote unquote relapse in my mind at a time you know never mind that we're our every eight hour scenario was uh to pack a pd and while we're passing the PD back and forth, we'd set up a rail and we do a hot rail. And then still while we're smoking the PD, set up a shot and then do a shot. So by this time we were smoking it, snorting it and shooting it up. Yeah. <laughs> so <clears throat> life was unfun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Once you're there, it is no longer enjoyable. 
Right. Yeah. So, um, now looking back and knowing it was a God thing, um, we sent my daughter to, it was the week before school was starting and we sent her back to Augusta from Athens, uh, so that she could see her brothers and her grandma before school started. And, uh, that like very next couple days or something like that. Um, the police raided our house, <laughs> the Northeastern wow. drug task force. Yeah. Wow. Uh, somebody had told on us, uh, go, go figure meth has yeah. ratted on someone. Shocker. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. believe you. Because <laughs> <laughs> that never happens. No, never, yeah. never. They're very trustworthy people. <laughs> of all the demographic mm-hmm. of drug users, meth heads are very trustworthy, man. <laughs> so what, what went down? Uh, they, I was actually asleep, believe it or not. I was, I was taking a nap and my wife is downstairs. I think she was cleaning something. Um, uh, and they knocked on the door and she went to the door and they were talking about working on the power lines and could you please step out here, ma'am? And when she did, they yanked her out and pushed her up against the wall and, uh, uh, asked where I was and she told them. So I was laying on the bed and they came up and I wake up to, you know, shields and guns and and I put my hands up and they yanked me up and throw me on the ground, which I thought was hilarious because I was laying down. Yeah, (laughs) They could have just rolled me over, but no, they had to, uh, yank me off the bed and throw me on the ground, put a boot on my face. Uh, so, and then we ended up in jail for six months. (laughs) In the uh, Clark County jail, which was actually, as far as jails go, not too bad. Because um, I had gotten a driving on a suspended license in Fulton County. Uh, and I'd missed the court date. So after I got out of Clark County, they took me to Rice Street. And Rice Street is big boy jail. Yeah. <laughs> Rice Street is, you know, downtown Atlanta, oh, God. Fulton County. Yeah. You know, while while I was in Clark County, I compared it to high school. Like, Rice Street made Clark County look like high school. Uh, we were watching the news one day, and somebody had set a mattress on fire. Somebody had managed to get a gun inside the uh, Fulton County Jail. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy Craziness. Yeah. So... Uh, I know there's some debate as to whether jail time should count as sobriety time. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, I count my jail time mainly because while I was in there, you know, I decided that I didn't want to do it anymore. You know, it changed from, Oh, <clears throat> that was that, that was something else I missed. The first time I got sober, my last DUI, my prayer changed from God get me out of this to God please help me quit drinking. Mm. You know, and I I ended up staying in jail 30 days and then going to rehab. Uh 
And this time was about the same. It wasn't a, you know, oh, God, please get me out of this and I'll quit. It was God just <clears throat> help me quit. <laughs> yeah. God, I don't want to live like that no more. Yeah. Uh, and I read any spiritual book I could get my hands on. Um, I managed to hustle up a copy of the big book out of the library. Um, made friends with one of the, he was the GED teacher and also the activities coordinator. Uh, even though I, I graduated high school, I was still taking the GED class just cause I could. Yeah. Something to, <laughs> Something do. to do. Yeah. 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 Keep my brain from atrophying. Yeah. Cause I had no idea when I was getting out. Um, and when I could go to a meeting, I was going to every church service, AA meeting, NA meeting, you know, reading any spiritual book I could get my hands on. There were very few fiction books I read. Um, and, and I was also, I also had to turn it down. Somebody managed, somebody came from prison for, for court and brought some meth. Uh, and I, it was offered to me and I was like, Nope, I'm good. Yeah. That's another thing. I don't understand like not doing meth at your parents or in jail. Why would you want to do meth in jail? Oh, see, want- all, the people I saw on it, <laughs> I was like, no, thanks. That looks awful. That looks awful. Yeah. Ugh. So. So that's that's how you got sober? But then, only, uh-oh. No, you broke good. up a little bit. Okay. I didn't hear what you said last. No, I said so. So that was how you got sober. Yes. Yeah. Uh, nice. And then. Oh, the, the other cool part was it was full belly button birthday. And so our sobriety birthday is the same day. And it's also her actual birthday being born day. Yeah. Oh, nice. So yeah, that was a pretty cool part about that. So in, in in kind of wrapping it up, just what's your life been like since then? Like what's your life like today? I wouldn't trade it for the world. You you know, they say that, you know, my best, my worst day to day is better than my best day getting fucked up. That's definitely true for me. Did I say that right? Or did I get that backwards? No, you said it right. Okay. <laughs> um, and, you know, we got married. Uh, what was it? Three years ago. We just, we just celebrated five years. Oh, congrats. Um, so thank you. Um, five years sobriety. And it was about, she would, she would hit me right now. Three years of marriage. So we got married in sobriety. We did, uh, after jail, we did our own, uh, respective rehabs. We separated for a little while, like physically separated. I should say we didn't ever actually break up or separate, separate. 
we were physically separated. We worked on ourselves. Um, we both got sober in different spots. Uh, once I got back from Athens, I stayed in the uh, Athens Salvation Army for about three weeks before I got back to Augusta. And, and that fits into a backpack like and it was all jail whites and paperwork to you know we have uh two working vehicles that are safe and mechanically sound um my boss trusts me enough with one of his vehicles that i get to bring home i get i get to drive to work and drive home keep it over the weekend um there's some of his tools, but you know, I can, I can afford to, you know, have my own tools. And I'm used to everybody else's and didn't give a damn about their tools. But now, you know, today I have, you know, stuff that I can continue to make mine and my family's life better. Um, I bought a motorcycle. Oh, nice. <laughs> Just, yeah, in January, uh, I got the motorcycle. I ride with a, a sober group that raises money for, uh, there's, this year we're benefiting a female sober living house in Augusta. Um, we've done the Hale Foundation, which is where I got sober this time around, uh, which if anybody's looking to get sober, if you can get it, if you can find somewhere in your hometown where you got messed up all the time, like my, my sober living house was two blocks, literally two blocks straight down the same street that I used to buy my crack at. Nice. So yeah. And anything I want, you know, hometown, uh, the the closest bar was seven blocks away, you know, so definitely walking distance. Um, but you know, that proved to me getting sober in that vicinity that, you know, I can pretty much stay sober through anything, you know. Yeah, one hundred percent. Uh. Oh yeah, so the our riding club benefits you know, a bunch of other stuff. So I can have, well, the Hell Foundation we do is Souls for Santa. Um, that's the name of the club, Souls of Sobriety. And, uh, you know, I can, I can have my hobby and my toy and my fun and I can still work that into doing something good for somebody else. Yeah. Which is really what it's all about, man. Mm -hmm. Well, is there, before we finish up, is there anything you'd like to leave people with? Any words of encouragement? I say it at every birthday, and it really sums up the program for me in a nutshell, which is trust God, clean house, help others. That's about as simple as... I can make it, but still encompass, or I can't make it. I stole that from somebody else. 
That's just, <laughs> that's the simplest thing I've heard, and really still encompasses everything that I have to do every single day. Yeah. That's it, man. Well, Ryan, thank you so much. We will uh, we will get a chance to hear from your better half so she can confirm or deny any of the information you've just said. But <laughs> I really appreciate it, man, and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, definitely, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Oh,